Whether it be finding a spider crawling in your bed, being alone in a dark, deserted alley, forgetting your phone at that bar last night, or finding yourself on the roof of a 100-story building, everyone is scared of something. In this edition of the podcast, our mission was to find out the fears of the people of Prague and the reasons behind them. Do differing cultural backgrounds affect what Czech people are afraid of? Are Czech's fears today rooted in the constant state of fear that lasted throughout the years of communist Czechoslovakia? How does the current political reality of the Czech Republic shape its citizens' fears and anxieties? How do fears differ among minorities in Prague? During the next 20 minutes, we will explore these and more. I'm Lily Crandall. And I'm Andy Moroza. Welcome to the Progcast. What are the most common anxieties that plague this small country in the heart of Central Europe? The same country that brought us Franz Kafka and his world of a nightmare with no end? To get some insight into fears of the average resident of Prague, we headed out of the city center to Namiesti Miru to ask Czechs what they are most afraid of. Oh, Jesus Christ, my greatest fear. I have never thought about that, uh, actually. Yeah, t- take uh, a second to think about it, then. I will, I will take a second, I will take a second. Uh, uh, maybe my greatest fear is... Um, you know, not being able to provide for myself and the people I care about and uh, pretty much that, that uh, I would end, end up like in some uh, desperate situation. Well, sometimes there are some parts of the city which is not safe for walking, I guess. Yeah. I'm not afraid about political situations, but I'm not very happy about the waves of immigrants. Mm-hmm. I think they could destroy our culture. Yeah. Yeah. Greatest fear, me as a citizen of Czech Republic? Well, probably extremists, really. We have uh, having, well, extremists and populism. Because in, well, generally, that's not just a problem of Czech Republic. It's a problem like not just Central Europe, but Europe at all. You can see, for example, the elections in Italy. That's that's kind of scary, but well, in Czech we have to say something. Yeah, we have Mr. Babish and we have Mr. Okamura, and yeah, that's that's probably my biggest fear. All right. I'm not afraid of anything. I might not be typical Czech, but I'm not afraid of anything. I'm fine. What I'm a bit concerned maybe is about the about the hate, uh, yeah, about the hate towards immigrants and and stuff like this. I think just kind of human, and as long we have a government which is not really openly uh, supporting that, which is which might be a bit questionable at these times, but still not concerned, still not afraid of it that much. Some views from the streets of Prague. Although Prague is a cultural hotspot in Europe, it is still an extremely homogenous city, primarily made up of Central and Eastern Europeans, which can make integration a difficult task for people of color. Joanna Jenkins is a black American, raised in Philadelphia, who has been living in Prague for the last 20 years. She is currently a professor at the University of New York in Prague, 
as well as a blues singer performing all across Europe. Progcast members Divine and Varsha spoke with her to find out what her day-to-day experience is like living as a person of color in the Czech Republic, a country where less than 1% of the population identifies as black. I came because I wanted to live in Europe. And this is the thing, when I was younger, I heard about Josephine Baker and Zora Neale Hurston Mm -hmm. and Langston Hughes and Richard Wright. They moved abroad Mm -hmm. so that they could have a freedom of expression that they could not find in the United States. That's what Europe meant to me, a place for artistic freedom and blossoming. And I wanted to experience that. And so I came to be the Josephine Baker of Prague. Oh, and, and, and you've gone, you've done some things. <laughs> but like, how did the reality check in? How did it pan out? It panned out the way I wanted it to pan out and more. You know, I was just thinking Prague. I never thought of being invited all over Europe. I never thought of that. I never dreamed of that until it became a reality. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my neighborhood that I love. These big, beautiful buildings. I was told when I moved here, I was here in an orientation. And the woman taking me around said, if you're ever depressed in Prague, just look up. So you sound like a fearless woman, but I have to ask. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about fear. (laughs) What about the fear factor? And you know what it is? You talk about fearlessness. I have dealt with fear and anxiety my whole life. If it wasn't fear of failure, it was fear of success. Fear that manifests itself in perfectionism and procrastination and not doing what I need or want to do, needing to get up 2 o'clock in the morning to grade, just putting it off. It's not about fearlessness. It's about courage, which is acting in the face of fear. The fear doesn't go away. You just have to find what's more important than the fear. Did the thought of, you know, I'm in a country where I want to make a life, but... I don't see anyone like me, so were you ever worried about having a community that understood parts of you that, you know, you maybe being in the Czech Republic, people native to this land maybe would understand? Mm-hmm. The thing is, is I never felt like I ever saw anybody like me. It's never been based on the color of my skin or my nationality or my gender or my, um, my socioeconomic position that I've connected with people. Mm-hmm. I have always, from childhood, connected with like-minded spirits. So being in Prague, so have you ever like, um, experienced any form of like, you know, discrimination? And in, in, maybe you haven't, but have you? May I speak frankly? <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will never forget. It's probably my first year here. And... Mind you, I had just come from four years in Asia where people would stare hard, stare hard. So I was pretty used to being stared at. I've been pointed at. I've not necessarily touched because there's only so far you can go with me. But uh, I came here and I was on the metro platform at Museum. And it's a concourse where two major lines intersect. And I was waiting for my metro and I was holding a book, I was reading Dickens. And I was reading a book and I looked up and a man was holding a woman's hand and he locked eyes with me and 
you told me I can speak frankly, right? Mm -hmm. He looked me in the eyes and he said, fucking nigger. Yeah. And kept on moving. And the thing about it was, is that how do you process that? How do you deal with that? And as I said before, all I could do was check my heart, check my mind, check my intention. I'm sitting here minding my business, engrossed in the classics. That's not about me. That's whatever he had going on inside of him. And a friend of mine said, are you sure he was Chuck? Because he wouldn't have spoke English. It doesn't matter what he was. The point was is that I was enjoying a book and instead of his enjoying the company of the beautiful young woman with him, he chose to spit that whatever it was at me. So, so that's how you've done, I'm, I'll doubt with in your life, any moment of like, discrimination or any moment of like fear. any moment of cognitive dissonance something that literally rubs me the wrong way that causes me disharmony I have to ask myself what was my role in it how did I contribute to it so how can I stop it if I take responsibility for it then I can potentially take responsibility for the solution as well and if in my heart at that time I check my heart and it had nothing to do with me, then I just keep on moving. Don't, as, you know, as I said, don't take things personally. And that was blues singer and teacher, Juana Jenkins, speaking with Divine and Varsha about her experience of being a black woman living in Prague. It is important to think about the reasons behind why cultural and political issues in the Czech Republic are such a prominent fear for Czechs. Does the atmosphere manifest itself in the undercurrent of psychological anxiety in the population? To find out more about this, podcast member Evan visited the National Institute for Mental Health in Klitsani to speak with a psychoanalyst, Dr. Marek Price. The clinic has about 60 beds divided into three departments, psychiatric department. One is for depression, the second one is for, for psychosis, especially schizophrenia, and the third one is psychotherapeutic department. So there are different patients seeking different help. And do these people who come in to be treated, do they often express fears or concerns? Yes. I think from my point of view it's better to speak about anxiety than about fear. They, they usually speak about um, symptoms of anxiety and usually they speak about symptoms of depression. But, but it's um, quite superficial because it's important, I think, to differentiate what, what, what we speak about and what is behind, what is hidden. In the most recent election, um, both in the United States and the Czech Republic, we witnessed a lot of fears concerning um, immigrants and globalization. And I was wondering, where do you think these fears originate from? I think the most important are those decades of communistic regime. And before it, uh, here was Second World War. Again, people people were quite closed and, and afraid of what is going on and, and so on. So the situation of Czech society is complicated because of not uh, many years of freedom. 
the second one from my point of view goes more uh, deeply to past history and uh, i think czechs generally before 1918 uh, there were for several hundred years a part of austro-slavian state so i think that there is a there is a history of uh, behavior which is an open relatively passive uh, relatively negativistic uh, relatively uh, not oriented to accept otherness So fear generally, whether it's fear of an insect or the ocean or a country or a people, how do these fears generally develop? In what stage of life or what events can create a fear? I, I would be sure that partially it's about genetics, that, that some people are fearful than, than others. And we expect that people with a high level of anxiety will have more prejudices and stereotypes. For example, about migrants, about um, about Romanis living in Czech Republic, about Vietnamese living in Czech Republic, and so on. So uh, I think that it's connected with this general level of anxiety, which is, which is hereditary based, partially. Also, I think that uh, there is a connection to personality functioning. I think, but <laughs> um, it's uh, completely not scientific. Uh, I think that the uh, personalities of people living in Czech Republic is uh, not uh, so nicely structured as personalities of people who live in open societies for, for ages. The thoughts of Dr. Marek Price, psychoanalyst speaking with the podcast from his office in Kletsani. Although Prague is a relatively safe city, walking alone on the streets late at night is a fear for some Czechs. As a result, people may register for self-defense courses in order to mitigate this fear. Moderni sebeobrana, or modern self-defense, is a popular school in Prague where classes are taught to both men and women of all ages. Progcast members Naomi, Lauren, and Andy visited the self-defense school and spoke to head instructor and owner Pavel Holdek to find the motivating factors for why people attend his classes. It would be like two main different reasons. The first one, people just think about self-defense or maybe heard something somewhere and are interested in it. And the second half, they already had some bad experience. Maybe somebody was just shouting at them. Maybe somebody was rude to them or whatever. It doesn't have to be violence itself. It could be, but it doesn't have to be. And they realize that they don't know what to do in a situation like that. So they are looking for their options and they come to me. And what is the main reason why you wanted to start teaching? Well, it's sort of, it came itself because people around me they knew that I'm training uh, that I'm myself student and they just starting to ask if I could teach them something so from time to time I show something to my friends and then it was too many people so I started with the first regular class that was it that was the reason that was the beginning and I know you told us that a couple of reasons why people might want to start mm -hmm. taking classes but what do you think are some other reasons why people should or why everyone should take self-defense classes I think that 
everyone should know how to defend himself or herself. It's like one of the essential skills, like let's say first that everyone should know how to help uh, if someone is injured. And to, to be able to defend yourself is basically essential skills because when you know how to defend yourself, you don't have to be scared and you, you could be more free in life because you can be easily scared or forced to do something you don't want to do just because you prob uh, maybe feel fear and just in case you do it. Do you think a lot of people take these classes because of fears surrounding things like sexual harassment? Yeah, definitely. Because there is a lot of women, especially, that have really bad experience with... It doesn't have to be violence, but sexual harassment is a, is a, is a good term. And they want to know how to... what to do in a situation. It's not necessarily like physical self-defense, but they just don't know how to react. Should I look at the perpetrator? Should I not? Should I reply? Should I not? What if he continue? What should I do? And we give them the, the manual, or how to say it, what to do, what is a good thing to do, what is not. And what's the most rewarding part about teaching people self-defense? <laughs> For me, it's, it's the best job ever, because I'm helping people. And before that, I was working in a huge corporation. And even so, I, I, I made a good, a good money. I didn't see the purpose because I was just one tiny piece in a huge machine. But I'm not thinking about it as a job, but as a helping a society or maybe community to be more free. So that's the reward itself. We also spoke to Peter and Honza, two of Pavel's students, who were attending his class that day to improve their self-defense techniques. I need it because I am coming through Prague at night. And it is horrible in Prague, just the criminality. I have been interested in self-defense and contact sports for several years, and... Uh, uh, this uh, school I, I tried because I was searching for some new approach or a new experience and to meet new people and, and so on. I think it's good to be able to defend yourself, but uh, fear was not my, my main motivation to take class. Some Czechs honing their skills to defend themselves on the mean streets of Prague. Eh, I went to school in South Yonkers, so the streets here aren't mean at all. We've covered a lot of ground in this edition of the podcast. We hope you enjoyed our journey as we found out what keeps Czechs up at night, why, and what they're doing to combat, literally, those fears. This edition was produced by Divine Williams, Evan Hankey, Jackie Espinoza, Jihoon Yang, Jordan Portugal, Caitlin Wang, Lauren Taveras, Naomi Crew, Riley McCowan, Shirley Kayadi and Varsha Yarasi. Special thanks to Rob Cameron for editing. Be sure to check out the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, I'm Andy Moroza. 
And I'm Lily Crandall. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for our next edition, coming out next month. Mm-hmm.